Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the System.io podcast with me, Natasha Pinto. Join us as we discuss all things digital marketing and entrepreneurship. Here, online business owners take us on a journey, how they went from zero to launch. And if you're starting your journey here with System, you've already taken a pretty smart first step. So joining me in this episode is Ruid Rees. He's a content creator, animator, online business owner, and solopreneur. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. And you? It's lovely to have you thanks. on the podcast. That's good. Thanks for having me. Such a pleasure. So I'm sure plenty of our listeners are very curious about how you got started. So what is your history and your background? My background is that I had a video agency where I was uh, selling animated videos to clients. And uh, we were doing that for a couple of years. And uh, one summer, um, the inflow of leads suddenly stopped. Well, we knew it would happen in the summer month, uh, summer months because people go on holidays and we didn't really have anything to do. So uh, we decided to make a course teaching what we kind of were selling as a skill set to clients. Now we wanted to pack package package it as a digital course and then um, sell that online. So uh, we did that. I was uh, in front of the iPhone and my <laughs> animator was uh, instructing me on what to do and say. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we did that in a couple of weeks and uh, put it on Udemy to start off with. And that was the beginning of my kind of uh, online teaching career, just teaching what we knew already. And yeah, now we had the time to actually uh, create a, a digital product out of it. Okay, that's brilliant. And then do you use any other tools other than Udemy? It was just in the beginning. Uh, I'm still on Udemy, but it, it was a way to uh, test the course at first to see if it had any um, traction, if anybody yeah. wanted to learn about Beyond, which was the animation tool we used back then, and I'm still a user today. Uh, we wanted to see if it would fly, and uh, Udemy is the marketplace with the most traffic, I think. Yeah, uh, huge now. And um, it was a good place to just to test things out and get some ratings and, you know, get some feedback on whether the content was complete or whether there were, were some holes we could uh, kind of uh, make some lessons for and fill those uh, gaps that there might be. So it was just a place to first uh, test the course and then later we would move on to uh, hosting the course ourselves on our own platform. So I think that's a, a natural journey to take first, test things out and then Later, when you know it actually does fly and you actually uh, supplement with extra lessons where you kind of have some some holes uh, in your course and then you host it yourself to monetize it to earn much more money from it than you can on Udemy and, and Skillshare for that matter. Okay, brilliant. And then so your your specific expertise, as you described them, are simplifying complexity through video. So what was your first course about? So you said creating these videos. Yeah, it was called Go Beyond Beyond. And Beyond was this animation tool we used. Very simple drag and drop online animation maker um, that we used to create our videos, our explainer videos that we sold to small startups and businesses who were launching a new app or they wanted to simplify the story around their product or service. And they would come to us and uh, ask us if we could help with the script writing, then the voiceover recording, and then lastly, the actual animation. And it was the, the third phase, the animation, that I wanted to teach as a course. Okay, that's really cool. Um, 
And then can you crunch some numbers for me? So you started off as an agency just selling these uh, animated videos. How much were you making then? And then how much does that compare to how well you're doing now? Um, back then we were selling our videos. Well, our USP, our selling points, our proposition was that we were cheaper than the others. And uh, looking back, that's maybe not the best strategy, but uh, <laughs> it's it's very common when you're young and you think you can do everything uh, faster and better and cheaper than everyone else, right? And uh, we kind of could, so we charged less than the others. Uh, we charged about, first it was only like uh, a couple of hundred dollars per video. Oh. And then later we kind of climbed up the ladder to, to larger and larger customers and larger projects and selling like packages of videos and using resellers that sold them for us. So when we were doing uh, our best, we were doing around $20,000 a month. Um, and we were me and uh, two full-time employees. So it wasn't the most profitable business, but uh, you know, we grew slowly and uh, got a lot of uh, student workers to join us and try to scale things up. I was out selling all the time, and <laughs> visited all these cool uh, corporate companies and startups and learned a lot about yeah, entrepreneurship and uh, kind of how to pitch products and yeah, yeah how, how stuff works from the inside in a lot of different industries. And um, yeah, I, I guess the reason why I'm not having an uh, agency anymore was because we realized we or I didn't have the skill set to scale the agency uh, any further beyond these $20,000 a month. Uh, I was just running faster and faster and didn't really know how to um, go beyond the six, eight employees, some part-time, some full-time. So um, I decided to, at one point, say yes to a, a job instead. And I worked as the head of marketing for one year at one startup and the head of product in another startup for a little over a year before I came to the conclusion that uh, being self-employed is the right path for me. That is just a realization. I, I kind of, two, two lines under that now, right? No more, yeah. uh, running around and trying to, uh, to do other things. So compared to then, uh, well, now I actually, I had my best month ever uh, last month. Oh, brilliant. I was uh, doing uh, a little over $10,000. And uh, that's half of what we did uh, in the agency days, but now it's just me. So um, this whole solopreneurship slash company of one game is about <laughs> profitability and, uh, you know, keeping your cost low and, uh, you know, so you can keep uh, as much of the revenue as profit as possible. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, at a really good place now. And uh, I think it's a lot of fun, much more calm and uh, not so stressful <laughs> as uh, being an agency owner. Less sales, more marketing. I like that, and uh, more creation, and uh, less less administration. So uh, it's a it's a good place I'm I'm at now. I really like this uh, kind of simpler, smaller, and more agile setup I have now <laughs> as the company of one I am now. That's awesome. Um, I think people overlook that entrepreneurship isn't just always a solopreneur. It's often an agency of people, a group of people, several people working to different things. And yeah, I think they say, oh, this is how much money we made over the month, but you've still got to take away all your costs and then pay everyone as well. Yeah, it's a, a completely different game. I think uh, kind of uh, growth entrepreneurship was very interesting to me uh, from when I started uh, studying business back in, uh, I was, yeah, 20 years old. So that's 11 years ago. 
Um, I studied business at Copenhagen Business School and I got into this whole entrepreneurial world, started reading all these books and, uh, you know, uh, all, you know, the, the most, uh, all the classics about how to, uh, you know, design thinking and the iterative process and getting to plan B and uh, um, the lean startup, all those books. And I really mm. loved this whole uh, kind of growth mindset around building a huge company impacting a billion people right yeah um, but then later i got a little older and uh, i thought it would be cool to have like a, a smaller setup yeah and i read the company of one by uh, paul jarvis okay and, um, he's talking about you know entrepreneurship as yeah, the, the idea of having a company that you're working on you're not the company yourself well you're not freelancing you're not selling your skill yeah. sets um, yeah, you're building a company, but you're, only, you're the only one doing it, right? So it's kind of a, a thing in between. It's not freelancing and it's not growth entrepreneurship. Uh, I think it's a really nice balance in between. Okay. And do you, do you find that you maintain a better work-life balance because you're responsible for just yourself? Um, I don't necessarily think that I work more or less now. I just think it's much more fun and I do what okay. I enjoy doing which is creation the actual hands-on creation process where when you are managing people you're a manager you're kind of a, a salesman running around and, and taking all these meetings and that's also fun but uh, I just realized down the road that I like to output I like to create produce stuff put it online see what happens and actually do the the work myself um, instead of kind of uh, promoting myself into a position that I enjoy less than uh, than being on the floor, so to say. Yeah, makes sense. So it's like being a baker who loves to bake um, and then losing out on that because you've now made chain stores and then you just end up managing people and all of the numbers rather than actually doing what you love. All right. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, so because you work in the e-learning industry, and I think in a particularly interesting niche uh, in video, and you're an expert at it and animation, are there any trends that you notice? Um, the passion industry, uh, the expert industry is growing like crazy. We have seen that for many years now, or a couple mm -hmm. of years, and this whole... Uh, crisis with uh, corona covid pandemic is accelerating the kind of trend towards online learning um accelerating accelerating it at least it's not a new trend but now it's you know you're always being almost being pushed into it if you didn't teach online but you mm. were a consultant or an expert teaching uh, live classes before um now it's just you know uh, a great uh, point in time to convert your of face-to-face uh, -face analog teachings into something digital and more scalable. And I see people flooding to these Facebook groups and uh, the forums and um, kind of uh, taking the, the first step from zero to one into how to teach online. And uh, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of interest around my YouTube videos on the, on the matter because I talk about content creation and teaching online, fun learning, you know, instructional yeah. videos animation how to do all, all that stuff and uh, people watch them and like them um, so that's kind of a very subjective trend i can see there that there's actually increased interest around what i talk about which is a positive thing for me yeah no definitely um hopefully that expands your reach and gets more people taking your courses um and then what about social media so you've mentioned youtube which is mm -hmm. 
they're supposed to have, I think it's 2 billion locked in users and that's nothing on how many people are actually constantly watching YouTube. So why that platform for you? Because I know TikTok is the new up and comer and yeah. Instagram is pushing those videos and that algorithm, like there's no tomorrow, but why YouTube? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I feel super bad for not being on TikTok more than I am, right? I should be exploring that format a lot, doing it. I'm doing the, the old stuff way, doing a, the, you know, thor thorough videos. They're long, plus 10 minutes, posting a couple of months. So, so it's, uh, it's, I'm not following the trend, the TikTok trend there at all. But, um, you know, the reason why I'm on YouTube is because it's an obvious choice. I'm a, yeah. a video maker. I teach animation video. So why not choose the biggest video platform in the world, YouTube? Um, and also it's just, you know, uh, over the years I've tried a lot of different platforms and it's just my favorite one. It's the one I use myself the most. I love YouTube. I spend <laughs> a lot of time on there as a consumer, not just as a creator. Um, so yeah, I love the format, I love the platform, and I haven't had the same um, kind of traction on Instagram or Facebook, for example. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to uh, to do it well enough to grow my, my Instagram or Facebook account. So I'm just um, focusing on YouTube because I, I love it. And also because I realize that I'm only one person right now. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. I don't think you have to be omni-channel, like being uh, on all the different social media. Yeah. Maybe you need an account so people can follow you if they want to. But I don't think you should kind of uh, spread yourself out too thin. I know that YouTube works for me. Almost all of my um, members and uh, all the ones that buy my courses the story is always that they watch my YouTube videos, maybe for hours. I mean, I have large parts of my courses uh, on YouTube uh, to watch for free. And uh, the reason why they buy is because they feel they, they know me and they know uh, what I can teach them already. And then they buy the kind of the extra thing on top. So um, I know that YouTube is, uh, is the primary um, kind of lead generator, if you want to talk marketing terms. Okay, so that's where you get most of your leads. Well, I suppose it makes sense. Um, there's a lovely statistic from TechCrunch that says users watch 1 billion hours of YouTube videos on a daily basis. And if you're looking at longer format videos and packing it with content and value rather than just 20 seconds of entertainment, then yeah, YouTube's definitely where you want to be. Yeah, I need to explore TikTok more, but uh, you know. Oh, it is intimidating. <laughs> Or YouTube Shorts, so you can create these uh, vertical formats and post them on TikTok and Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts, right? So it's not yeah. uh, you can repurpose your content uh, across different channels. So I think I'll I'll look into the vertical format more. I'm just you know brainstorming a few ideas on what would make <laughs> sense for me to teach uh, in this format. So soon to come. Okay, coming soon. All right, and then you touched a little bit on what a solopreneur is. So. A solopreneur is just it is, what? Um, yeah. I like the, the description, the, the company of one, because um, you you are working on an entity. You're, you're trying to build a, a kind of a, a thing that lives on its own, you're trying to build a company, but you're the only uh, employed there. And the goal is to stay solo. That's also part of the solopreneurship mindset that 
the goal is not to just work for myself until I have enough money to hire someone. That would be mm -hmm. the growth uh, kind of uh, mindset, right? The goal is to uh, use platforms like your own to uh, automate uh, emails, payments, uh, video hosting, uh, blogging, web the website, all that stuff needs to run on its own. And uh, I'm just uh, adding thin layers of value uh, on top of my current setup uh, every day, every week. And uh, in time, it will become a, a large thing that is uh, fully automated, fully digital and passive to the extent that I still have to keep uh, an eye on it and, uh, you know, maintain the relationships with the mm -hmm. students and, uh, you know, people I collaborate with. But it's ne it needs to, nothing can be handheld. That is uh, one of the the mantras are one of the kind of uh, ideas behind solopreneurship that uh, it's not freelancing. I'm not selling a video for X amount of dollars. Then I do it for a couple of weeks and give it to you. And then I start from uh, from scratch again, right? Find a yeah. customer, do the video, get the money and start from scratch again. So, uh, so I'm trying to, to kind of scale it on my own and build something that's not um, relying on me being there every day, just adding layers of value. That's how I think okay. about it. Right, and then you'll obviously add content as you go. If you find something new that's interesting, that's worthwhile. All right, yeah. and then, so you're definitely not just creating fresh content. Quite a bit of it is evergreen. Do you go back and update a lot of your old content? I try to make all my content evergreen. Um, I rarely comment on, on kind of uh, short-term trends. I see what's uh, being searched for. I have a background in marketing and mm -hmm. particularly in the uh, SEO, like the whole uh, topic research, keyword research field. And uh, I used to have uh, this affiliate blog that was uh, based on, it was more like a, a sandbox project, right? Where I could use my <laughs> skills within the SEO to see if I could build a blog that would uh, make me money by talking about uh, tall people's clothing, actually. <laughs> Brilliant. I would get commission every time someone would buy super long jeans. I would get uh, a couple of dollars for that, right? Um, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Sorry, okay. I forgot your question. <laughs> Sorry, it was just about um, what kind of content. So all evergreen content or as much as possible. Yeah. For sure, yeah. All right. Yeah. And then um, do you have a... What does your future look like? So is there a, a medium-term goal or a long-term goal that you're looking at that'll be like a, this is a point where I can say, okay, cool, I've done really well up to this point. What you're aiming for. Yes, um, I can say the short to medium-term goal is to launch an academy, which is going to be a kind of a signature program that strings together all my current courses. Because... Um, all my courses are kind of uh, part of the same idea or process. They do fit very well together. So if you take the first one, then you kind of have some skills and you could build on top of that with the next and the third and the fourth, okay. about five courses now, right? So it makes a lot of sense to, to string them together um, and support the journey that the students go on. We all know the course creators that it's tough for people to just buy a course and watch it all and do all the exercises and make a lot of progress on their own. Yeah. There needs to be some accountability and some support around it through a community. That's one thing, but also uh, by doing it over a, a set period of weeks, for example. So I'm looking to do a, an eight week academy where mm -hmm. people enroll, a cohort starts on the same day, and then they are supported all the way through with, with the live hangouts every week where I, 
they kind of uh, look through the the projects give them feedback and talk about their challenges and like, keep pushing them forward and then they also have access to all these courses and can you know do the the self-paced uh, programs uh, as well and take it in whatever direction they want so yeah that's the that's the medium term goal to create that format and uh, learn from others who does who do that um, and, and see what kind of the, the best practice and how you kind of uh, make people succeed and actually learn something instead of just buy a course and then go through 10% of it and then forget about it. Yeah. And the long-term dream is to, uh, I have this idea that when I, when I reach a certain revenue goal, I want to scale back a little bit on uh, how much I work. So maybe work uh, four days a week instead of five. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's also a <laughs> dream of uh, you know hiring my uh, my girlfriend <laughs> to join me in the in the company in some way, so we can be more independent and maybe travel, live somewhere else, and uh, be like super flexible in that sense. I said before that I didn't want to hire anyone, but uh, she's kind of a special case here. <laughs> I'm sure that makes complete sense. Um, I have seen yeah. that they are a partner, maybe. Yeah, definitely, and then. What is her level of expertise, her field? Maybe she can start another yeah, um, quite set of different. courses. She works in corporates, so uh, it's a different uh, different game that I'm in right now. Yeah. Oh, maybe she can create a course on how to take what you do and apply it to that corporate yeah, perspective. Maybe. That's a good idea. I'll write that down. <laughs> um, all right. So a few shorter little questions um you said you read a ton of books and that's kind of what got you into that entrepreneurship mindset is there one book podcast or resource that um you would recommend to our listeners so someone who's just starting out on their journey um yes i think um I'm a, you know, a sucker for all these American motivational speakers and, uh, and all that. And uh, it's not necessarily kind of a topic specific, like relevant to, to me as a content creator or animator, but it's what you need in the beginning to kind of believe in yourself and keep grinding and, you know, set big okay. goals and all that stuff. So uh, The Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Burchard was okay. uh, one a book that, uh, that kind of fired me up. Also, um, Company of One by Paul Jarvis. I've mentioned that one. Um, I also read the Rand Fishkin's Lost and Founder uh, when I was in the transition from being a super fanboy of uh, the the growth entrepreneurship, yeah. transitioning into the smaller kind of first the bootstraps um, idea of not taking on uh, any investment, but bootstrapping your company and then further moving into solopreneurship, not even having a, a big company, right? So Lost yeah. and Founder was a really great story uh, about how Rand built um, Moss, this huge uh, SEO company, uh, first an agency and later a software uh, business, and how it kind of ru ruined the whole um, culture. And yeah, uh, it was a kind of bumpy road from when they started to bring in investors. And uh, that really kind of fed into what I started to to believe. You want to find books that actually back what you believe. Yeah. <laughs> backs up what you believe already, right? That's sometimes the the danger. But it's a really good <laughs> book, and Rand Fishkin is a, he's a great storyteller. So it's fun to 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 read. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, um, are there any podcasts you would recommend to our listeners? Others that they can go out and listen to? Because I know sometimes 
the thought of sitting still long enough to read a book takes too yeah. long. Yeah. I love the impact theory with uh, Tom Bilyeu. Um, listen a lot to that. That's probably the, the primary one. Um, yeah. Okay. Tim Ferriss, you know, the classic. Yeah. He's also <laughs> kind of the whole uh, automation, passive income, uh, work from a beach somewhere nice. Yeah, for four uh, hours a week. week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest podcasts in the world. So, uh, so that's, of course, uh, a great place to start if you want to uh, hear about entrepreneurship in, in different ways and shapes and forms. Okay, brilliant. And then um, looking back now, what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? Uh, charge more. <laughs> That's the first advice. I think we spent a lot of time charging too little. And it was not a good strategy to compete on price back in the, the agency days. You know, when I was 18, I was still in, uh, in uh, high school, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, um, when I started studying uh, in college, that was when I started to, to build this agency on the side. And I kind of transitioned out into full time when I graduated. So I probably would have started a different place, not kind of um, trying to always go cheaper than the competitors because... Mm -hmm. uh, it's it kind of uh, has an effect on your product. They don't believe you're good if you charge too little. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time to scale up and uh, like hire good people if you don't have the money for it. Everything just becomes much more fun when you charge more and you get more money in and uh, <laughs> you can uh, have a beer on Fridays and go out and eat with your colleagues and all that stuff, right? So yeah. I, I was afraid for, uh, I was afraid of, you know, scaring customers away with my high prices. Um, so yeah, you just serve a different segment by turning up the prices. You know, when we started out it was carpenters and, uh, you know, uh, one, two, three person, uh, businesses, super small businesses mm -hmm. and, uh, self-employed freelancers, all that stuff. They didn't have the money to pay that much, but as soon as we charged uh, more for our products, we lost all the old, old customers and that was fine, but we gained a lot of new ones that were, you know, in a whole different ball game that still thought we were super cheap when we came and kind of nervously yeah. asked for $2,000 for an animation video. And we're like, okay, we used to play, pay $10,000 for an animation <laughs> video. Are you sure you can do this for $2,000? Uh, we meant $3,000. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you kind of uh, learn as you go. But um, yeah, I wish I had the courage to actually ask for the right uh, amount of uh, money that you should and can charge for a good product. Yeah, and I suppose figuring out that like right amount is quite difficult because you still want to be attractive, especially as a new company. Yeah, yeah, and you can charge ten thousand dollars for a video from day one when you have no portfolio, no references, and uh, yeah. you know. So, so <laughs> it is a um, a process, but we probably should have moved a little faster than we did. Yeah, that's the right. that's the number one lesson I would say to my eighteen year old <laughs> self. Okay. And then as a fan of animation, do you have a favorite animated film? Silly question. <laughs> I love everything. Uh, Disney and, you know, uh, Monsters, Inc. And uh, all know, the all Pixar these, ones. Uh, <laughs> all the Pixar ones. Yeah. Uh, I watch all the, the short ones you can find on YouTube. If you Google uh, Pixar shorts, yes. those are great. Uh, <laughs> it's a great recent one. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Awesome. And then, um, Last question, uh, is there a niche that you see 
in your industry, in the e-learning industry specifically, like a little one that you think will boom next? Um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about uh, the right direction to take my own business into and, and thinking about whether I should go niche or broader. And mm -hmm. the conclusion for me is actually that I should go a little broader. Uh, if you pick up the book, uh, The Millionaire Messenger by uh, Brendan Bouchard, he also talks about uh, this whole idea of niches. And uh, he says that um, it's a, he believes it's a, it's a false idea to go after a, a niche or create a niche product. You can do niche marketing, but your product yeah. should be broad. Okay. So I'm trying to uh, kind of expand on my uh, proposition from learn how to use Vyond. Yeah. Very specific. It's one tool and, you know, you can probably learn it from their own videos if you want to. Right. So, yeah. so it's, it's very small offering. I'm trying to kind of expand that uh, out into learn how to teach online, learn how to create content. And then with your marketing initiative, you can go more niche and target yeah. online teachers or target uh, recent beyond signups or whatever you're able to and to find. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so that's not really answering your question, but that's how I look <laughs> at it right now. Kind of uh, create a broader product and then uh, try to create uh, marketing campaigns around that that is uh, more targeted towards a specific niche niche that needs that product, right? Yeah. Okay, no, that's a, a clever way of, I think, going about it so that you aren't limiting yourself and your audience. Yeah. It would make your marketing quite interesting, though, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'd have to pick different customer profiles and then target each and every single one. All right. Yeah. And then last question, um, where can our listeners find you? Cause you're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, uh, my online home is uh, a So that's probably the hub for everything else. Mm -hmm. If you search for uh, beyond or <laughs> root Reese on <laughs> YouTube, you'll also find me there. Um, root Reese on Instagram, but, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, ruidreads.com is the is the place to go if you want to know more connect talk <laughs> buy a course. i don't know what <laughs> right brilliant um i will be sure to pop a whole bunch of your tags in the show notes ruid thank you so much for joining me and giving me your time thanks to our listeners today if you're watching us on youtube hit that five star rating and subscribe to the channel if you're listening to this on a podcasting platform subscribe to the system podcast so you never miss an episode System is a digital marketing software platform packed with all the tools you need to grow your online business. 